Hey, thanks for downloading this podcast. If you want to listen live, be sure to download the iHeartRadio app and search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Thanks for listening and enjoy the show. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Welcome into our Wednesday edition of Fantasy Sports Today. As Thanksgiving creeps closer, we preview all of the games coming up this weekend as Fantasy Sports Today starts now. Fantasy Sports Today. And good afternoon and welcome into Fantasy Sports Today. Craig Mish along with Joe Pizzapia with you here on the show. Sean Guastamacchia producing. You can follow me on Twitter at Craig Mish. Joe on Twitter at Joe Pizzapia 17 And Joe, we are almost here, man. We have gotten through the 12 weeks of the fantasy football season. It is do or die time. I know for me, I've creeped back into one of my leagues. I shockingly found out this morning. And I know for a lot of people... Regardless of how many leagues you're playing in, this is a very big uh, make-or-break week. You win, you're in, you lose, you're out. And so it's uh, it always comes down to Thanksgiving week sometimes, and I think that this week is uh, no different than the rest. You know, it does, and it's. I was actually thinking about this yesterday when we were recording the DFS show. I was wondering, you know, it's kind of weird that it comes down to this because you have three games on a Thursday. And, you know, when you're waiting for more information on guys like Golden Tate, let's say, for instance, you're like, wow, is Golden Tate going to get out of protocol or do I have to start somebody else in this game, uh, you know, between the Bears and the Lions? And it, it's very difficult to make those kind of decisions. Do you just go ahead and take the points and whatever you get with the guy, you know, that's on the field? Or do you take the chance that the guy that you really want to play isn't available to go? And that becomes a very dicey situation. And, you know, I kind of wonder if we're better off maybe starting. I, I keep going to the same thing. I know I do, but. If we started the season just a hair later and we went just, you know, that extra week of buys and the extra week and the extra game and all that stuff, maybe just maybe we go right into President's Day weekend. Maybe we don't have to deal with this because I think there's a lot of difficult decisions for a lot of owners right now because we always get to this point in the football season where everybody's hurt. Everybody's trying to soldier through. But really, you've got games on Thursday and you got to pretty much make some decisions and get some guys in there. So, Greg, I'm curious, do you have any of those decisions lining up on Thursday where you just throwing some guys out there in some games, even though maybe some of the other guys you'd prefer to play, but you just don't have clarity on them yet? Yeah, everybody's situation is different. And I'm guessing that a lot of people are in the situation that you're alluding to here. I am not. Fortunately, I just don't really have to make any tough decisions on Thursday. I don't have a ton of players playing in uh, in any of the games for whatever reason. It just kind of worked out that way this year. Um, you know, Cole Beasley, I'll start him in one league, and but we've already made the playoffs in that league. It's just seeding, so it's not really that important. But in the league that I'm in a do-or-die type situation, no, I don't. Uh, and Brian Hill is who I have, but that's an easy bench for me at this point. Really, playing anybody over him at this point is is easy to do. But the other part of it that's really changed, the NFL changed this last year, and this is what creates the interesting dynamic is that in the past, we never had bye weeks in week 12 of the NFL season. Like teams did not have to wait 12 weeks for buys. It was usually weeks four, five, six, seven, and eight. And that was it. And six teams each week would have the buy or seven teams, whatever it was. Mm-hmm. And they staggered these bye weeks out so far 
that it created a situation where you got to week 10 or 11, you're looking at your team and you're like, oh, I'm around 500, I'm fine. And then all of a sudden you realize you have Mahomes and he's off in week 12. It's like, oh no, and that means I need to get a a win in week 13. So that definitely is something that changed significantly in fantasy and that you have to kind of play a little bit of a guessing game and and hopefully week 13 gets you in. And so I know in uh, the situation that I'm playing in is that I need in my, basically my home league, is that I need a win and I need one other team to lose in order for me to get in because we changed our rules many years ago smartly to have the final seed in the NFL, uh, in the fantasy playoffs, have the most points. And so although I do have a lot of points and I'm third overall in points, I don't have the most of the teams that are not in. So I'm going to need a win. I'm going to need a team to lose. I have Lamar Jackson. That's kind of carried me all season long, but I'm stuck with a lot of these, uh, you know, not really knowing what's going to happen on a week-to-week type thing. Juju Smith-Schuster and... Um, and Miles Sanders, like these inconsistent players, Joe, that it's like, uh, you know, one week they do great, one week they do nothing, and I've been pulling my hair out all season long. So, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll go into the final week, and I'll make my decisions, thankfully, on on Thursday, uh, Friday, Saturday. I don't have to make any before the games tonight. So I think that I'll be okay. I'm also playing the worst team in the league, thankfully, as well. So I have a, you know. A, well, that always helps. Shot. You got to yeah. love that. You got to love when you play the worst team in the league. I'm pretty lucky. I feel like I got a dozen leagues. I got seven playoffs. I've got three completely irrelevant and I got two on the bubble. So I don't have too much sweating. Like I kind of know where I'm at. I know the ones that are good. I know the ones that are not so good. And of course, one of the ones that's not so good, unfortunately, is FSGA, which I really wanted to to win. But, you know, when you have those leagues, you have a good draft. You sit back, you like this draft. And we all know the season that Juju has had. We know Julio has been good, but not as good as maybe we hoped he would. I had Roethlisberger in that league. I had to like, you know, anything you could possibly have that go wrong. Sometimes that happens. And that's why, you know, I think it's it's good for people to play in more than one league. I, I feel like, you know, some people who still say, well, no, I just got my one league. I don't know. I, I feel like that's kind of man, that's kind of disappointing. Like, what if you have a great draft? Everything goes well and you have the worst luck ever in terms of health and situations. And then you really don't enjoy the NFL season. So I would encourage people to go out there and do a couple leagues and try different formats. Go play in a super flex with the two quarterbacks, go do some different things, try an IDP league for once and, you know, kind of understand what else is out there in fantasy and challenge yourself a little bit. And I know a lot of people are going to be pivoting also because this is that time of year where people, like you said, are out of playoffs and they're starting to go, well, I want to play some more fantasy football and they're going to start going to DFS and they're going to start, you know, making some bad DFS lineups. And I want to make sure we help people with that too in these next couple of weeks, because there's usually a big push of new fresh money into DFS or people trying it now that they're out of other leagues and season long. And that is a dangerous game, basically throw money away, but we're going to help you try to do that in a smarter way here on the program and on the DFS today on every Sunday as well. So do you get to watch all three games tomorrow? Uh, let's see. I will probably be back just about in time for the first one. Um, depending on the train schedule, depending on how difficult Penn station is, I'll probably get back somewhere around 1231 o'clock. So I'll probably see most of the first one. Uh, then we'll probably be eating during the Cowboys game. That will probably be what's going on there. So maybe I'll kind of have it on in the other room. Maybe I'll keep sneaking a peek. And then at nighttime, I don't know. I got my parents over and the kids over. I'm sure everyone's going to want to watch a movie or do something like that. So I'll probably end up catching highlights. I won't be able to just sit and uh, watch football straight through. That's uh, that's kind of uh, the scenario I'm at. Are you going to be able to watch them too? Yeah, or you got? Yeah, yeah, I don't think, I don't think there's nice. any stopping me tomorrow. Yeah, I'm trying there's to, no stopping Craig Mesh. No, there really isn't. I mean, I, I, the, the good thing is, is that I mean, it's good and bad, but we after we go and we have dinner, um, usually around eight thirty, nine o'clock, my son, who is seven, is the youngest of the bunch. So uh, right around like nine o'clock, that's pretty much it. Like, I mean, he can stay up for sure. Like he can he could stay up till 10 if he had to. 
but we like to wrap it up at that point, you know, because he could, you know, it starts to get tough after after that point. So I will bail early and that will give me the full watching view, at least of the second half of the um, the two games that are on. The well, Saints my folks are coming over and I, I told them we would they're going to stay for a couple of days and we have the big giant 75 inch TV downstairs. So I told them we'd watch uh, the Irishman. So we're going to probably have to we're going to probably start that. And, you know, my, the thing is, I have two daughters. The nine year old will stay up till 1130 at night. The nine-year-old, you can't get her to sleep. She's a, she's a night owl. The seven-year-old, she'll fall asleep standing up, sitting down. Doesn't matter. Whenever she decides that she's tired, she fell asleep. It's a true story. She fell asleep in Madison Square Garden once. I couldn't believe it. I was like, it's the wow. loudest thing. We were in there, and she just fell asleep. And then she woke up. She took like a little 15-minute cat nap, and then she woke up, and she was good for the rest of the show. And I was just like, I can't. Only you could fall asleep in Madison Square Garden. Kids, unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I mean, during Knicks game is pretty easy, Joe. Well, that's true. <laughs> I was actually wrestling, but yeah, <laughs> it was like yeah. ten thirty, and she was a little under the weather. But there she was, boom, out. Then she woke up. She's like, okay, I'm good for the rest of the show, and she was ready to go. So well, there you go. All right. Uh, coming up next, it's the opening drive. We're here on a Wednesday, as Joe mentioned. Thanksgiving, of course, tomorrow. He'll be live uh, from the New York studios over at Versa doing the show. You can catch it on Zumo TV, Pluto TV, Sports Grid TV. He and Mike Blewett will get you ready for Thanksgiving Day. And there will be no FST uh, show tomorrow. So no show tomorrow on Thursday. No show tomorrow. On, no show on Friday. And then we'll be back at noon on Monday. You can check us out again there. But of course, any questions you have in fantasy, just hit me up at Craig Mish at Joe Pisa PS17. Opening drive is next on Fantasy Sports Today. We'll be right back. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Then he pivots, fakes, chucks the big bomb halfway down the field to our hopefully still wide open tailback. I call it Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizapia. Fantasy Sports Today presents First Play from Scrimmage. The opening drive. The first play of the game. Of the opening play and all the way for a touchdown. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It's time for the opening drive for this November 27th, 2019, as 2020 closes in. Hopefully, everyone is having a very happy Thanksgiving. For those of you who have listened to the show all football season long, thanks so much. Don't forget to like and subscribe to the show. Even during the holiday season, we will have several shows, and we'll let you know exactly when we are on. I've already uh, talked to the boss, Mike Cardano, trying to get that figured out. And so we'll uh, let you know over the next couple of weeks what our holiday schedule will be. But I would expect that uh, Christmas, probably no show. Christmas Eve, probably no show. But we'll keep you updated for sure as we get closer to the fantasy football playoffs. So let's get started with the opening drive. First down, no bigger story in all of sports. Yesterday, not even close. Stephen F. Austin, a cupcake college basketball team, brought in to play Duke and give him some fun scrimmaging, essentially. A 27-and-a-half-point underdog goes to Cameron Indoor Stadium and beats Duke outright, 85-83. to 83. 
it happened late last night, so not a lot of people have been able to kind of grasp their head around this thing. But this is one of the biggest regular season college basketball updates, almost or uh, upsets almost ever. You almost never see this happen. Sure, you see teams that are 27, 30, 40 point favorites play close. That happens a lot. Teams cover the spread. But Joe Duke, uh, Duke goes down. Michigan State has now gone down a couple of times. They were the number one ranked team in the country. And it just goes to show you early on in the season, very hard to get a gauge in college basketball. Yeah, uh, that is a shocker for sure. And, you know, you get all these bonus babies, big time recruits. You got the big coach, you got big everything. And then all of a sudden, you, you know, like you said, you bring in a scrimmage team and they beat you. So, you know, I, I, like I said, I'm not really a big college basketball guy. So were there any major injuries that Duke was dealing with? Was there any no. other kind of issues? Was nope. there a, uh, did everybody have a bellyache? Um, was there some sort of, you know, weird stomach virus going through? Everyone's fine. And then this happened. That's what yeah. happened? Yeah, nothing at all. That is, that's embarrassing. I think the most embarrassing thing is the fact that it happens in your own building, right? Isn't that the, isn't that like insult oh, yeah. to injury? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You know, it's uh, it's not something that we almost ever see. I mean, Duke loses games, but remember last year, there was that discussion, will Duke win every game for, you know, they had Zion Williamson, so will they win every game of the year? And then they lost almost right away. They lost like the sixth or seventh game of the season. So uh, the, this day and age, uh, college teams are just so close to one another because the talent pool is being basically uh, sifted from every state in the in the country and i think that that has something to do with it like duke probably has world-class athletes and five or six of their kids are so much better than stephen f austin's but you know you take a guy out you put somebody else in and that's where it evens out a little bit so congratulations to stephen f austin huge win maybe the biggest win in their college football university maybe ever 85 83 all right second down basketball he said football no, basketball. Excuse That's me. That's all right. I'll second, <laughs> second down. It's a Wednesday before Thanksgiving. Yeah, I hear you. <laughs> second down. Ohio State now moves ahead of LSU for the top spot in the playoffs. And I say for now, because I think this is going to change again. But needless to say, Ohio State's win over Penn State has them very impressive at this point. They will play Michigan at Michigan this week. They're nine-point favorites, so they certainly could keep the top spot. LSU uh, gets Texas A&M and they get Georgia. If they win those two and win them convincingly, they could jump up against Ohio State. And then inevitably, right now, what we're looking at, Joe, is a possibility of Alabama, Oklahoma, or Utah getting that fourth spot in the college football playoff. Right now, it looks like Alabama and Oklahoma are about even. We'll just kind of have to see how these games play out. Alabama plays Auburn, of course, this week. Yeah, what, what's your favorite four? I mean, if you had to pick your four, that that's the four you really want to see. Do you want to see Alabama creep back in there because you want to see that one more shot against LSU? Or, you know, do you want to just have a college playoff without Alabama for once? It's it's tough. It's really tough. Uh, look, Oklahoma would be the most exciting team okay. to get into the college football playoff because you'd be looking at, let's say, let's just say LSU was one. Let's say LSU wins this week and they beat Georgia and they prop them back up against uh, ahead of Ohio State, which is possible. You'd be looking, and even against Ohio State, you'd be looking at a Vegas total in the 70s if those two teams played. So you know you're headed for an unbelievable game. If it's Alabama, it's a little different for me now because with Tua being out, I just don't think that they have enough horses to be able to hang with LSU or Ohio State, one or two, or even Clemson. I just don't think they do. And so part of me would would like to see a rematch, but part of me says that it's not going to happen. And then what I think a lot of college football fans want is they want Utah to win their next two games and they want Utah to play in the college football championship and award the Pac-12 champion. But that is a really dangerous proposition because Utah's defense is arguably the best in the country. But, Joe, if they have any kind of misstep whatsoever and go down 14-0, I mean, it's over. And then you're looking at a Notre Dame-Clemson from last year again where one team scores 40, the other scores 7 or 10. 
And so uh, some people want Utah rewarded, but it may not be the best matchup for the college football playoff. So I don't know if that answered the question, but that's why. No, I, I think it does. I, I'm always curious, too, because I know there's a there's always national sentiment against a team like Alabama where there's a, that fatigue factor. You know, it's like the Patriots. Everybody hates the Patriots. They're in it every year. You know, people got tired of, you know, the Lakers and those dominant years. It, it's every sport. Whenever you have a dynasty, people get tired of the Yankees. So but at the same time, when the Yankees are in it or when Alabama's in it, there's more eyeballs. There's more, you know, there's a little bit more juice because, well, what if that team beats that team? You know, it's there's that little bit of excitement for, you know, somebody to slay the giant. And I know Alabama might not be the same giant they used to be, but I'm always curious, you know, what most, you know, big time college football fans like you who, you know, don't have a stake in this game between these six teams that are, you know, kind of vying back and forth here. You know, you're a Florida guy, so you're a Florida man after all. So I was kind yeah, of curious, you know, they're not in it. So you're saying, okay, looking at it. Oklahoma uh, would provide back. the most fun. Right. I don't know that they they could win, but they would provide the most fun. Oklahoma's defense is not good, and that's been proven time and time again. If they play against Ohio State or LSU, Oklahoma is going to give up a minimum of four touchdowns. The other team is going to score 30 points on Oklahoma. The question is, can Oklahoma score more? And 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 Hertz has, has shown that he can do Hertz it. Hertz has been great, man. He's you know not enough defense on that team though, and that's that's going to be the case <laughs> again this year for sure. If they if they get there, if not, they'll get into a major bowl game anyway. All right, third down, Bernie Sanders, who uh, is Larry David or not, depending on Saturday Night Live, he pens a letter to Rob Manfred uh, yesterday, trying to keep minor league baseball teams in play, basically going after. The commissioner saying that this is all about greed and that you don't want to have to pay some of the, the kids. And Joe, there are 40 plus teams that could potentially be eliminated in minor league baseball. Even one Florida State League team in Daytona, about three hours away from me. Uh, it looks like several franchises are being affected by this. And uh, and look, it, it's really hard to look any other way at it, except for, you know, baseball is ashamed that some of these kids are being paid so low. But isn't the answer paying them more as opposed to getting rid of the teams? Kind of a bizarre way to look at it here. Everything needs to be the same, Craig Mish. What you need to do is you have to have, if you're going to have four balls, you got to have four strikes. Everything needs to be more equitable across baseball. That's the first thing I wrote to you, Mr. Manfred. I want you to read that letter. All right, but seriously, I don't understand. What is actually happening here? Is this MLB downsizing because, you know, maybe they're looking at what's profitable and what's not? I I heard this story kind of come through, and I haven't really dug into it. What's actually happening, especially there might be some other people here who don't know. Why are they getting rid of some teams and and sizing back some of these uh, minor league towns? What's happening here? Well, the attendance figures clearly at a lot of places are very low on top of it. uh, But would all teams still have like a single A, high A, and a double A? Okay, so it's a matter of uh, most teams. Well, they would lose a low A somewhere like they strategically did this. Right. They've looked at different teams and said, okay, you have two single A's. Now we're going to remove one, you know, something like that. Or or you have three and then we're going to move remove one and it's going to be two. What's what's starting to happen in this day and age of social media is that the kids are starting to post their pay stubs on Twitter and Instagram and saying, like, look how much money I made in the last six months. I made five grand, you know, to play minor league. And it's becoming embarrassing. And so I don't know what the exact answer is. We'll find out at the winter meetings in a couple of weeks when they make this official. But the sentiment, at least on the outside looking in, is that baseball is embarrassed. There aren't fans going to those stadiums. And also they want to create according according to what i hear they want to create a higher wage for minor league baseball players that they do and by, and by eliminating these teams and eliminating the total amount of players in the pool 
does that mean that they are creating a higher wage or are they just no, eliminating the around. money? Yeah, no, exactly. that's all there is. That's all there is. is this classic big business corporate structure nonsense. And that's why Bernie Sanders is getting involved. Sounds right. All right. Uh, fourth down, The Irishman is out tonight on Netflix. It's actually playing in the movies by me. I saw as well. Oh, wow. it, interesting dynamic here, uh, Joe. Three and a half uh, hour movie, I believe, tonight at midnight. Is that what it uh, pops I off? think so. Well, good luck trying to watch three and a half hours after midnight. I don't know about you, but I can't. No, do no, shot. Yeah, no, no shot. shot at all. So I'm doing over two nights. I told you I got the folks coming. We're going to do that. I'll have reviews for you on Monday. I'm sure you will, too, when we come back on the show. But I'm excited for it. It's nice. Pacino playing Jimmy Hoffa. Interesting casting. Last guy to play Jimmy Hoffa that I remember was Jack Nicholson. That's right. So um, we'll see how his interpretation is. But it's certainly gotten good reviews. And I think I'd rather watch it at home considering the length of it than, than to go into the movie Listen, theater. I would always rather watch it at home. I don't care what the sound system is. These annoying people in the movie theater. You never know what you're going to get. If you could tell me that it's a nice, clean, no one's kicking me in the back, no baby screaming type movie, yes, give me the movies. But I can't ever guarantee that, at least where I live here in South Florida. All right, coming up next, it's time for a little trust or bust. Don't go away. NFL season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Do you trust me? Trust. Do you trust me? Or bust. You are so busted. Get in the game with DraftKings Sportsbook, where listeners of this show can get a deposit bonus of up to $500. And here's how it works. Create a DraftKings Sportsbook account, make a deposit, place your first bet, and DraftKings will match it with a 50% bonus of up to $500. This offer is eligible for all users, plus new users are going to get a risk-free bet of up to $200. Just go to sportsgrid.com slash DK to play. That's sportsgrid.com slash DK. And you have to be in New Jersey and 21 years old to take advantage of this offer. Eligibility restrictions do apply, but you go to the website and check out those details. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER. It is our uh, final trust or bust of the week here because we are not here for the next two days. So let's kind of go through these, bang these out here. We got some Thanksgiving Day players. We got some uh, Sunday players and then... I uh, tried to throw in a Monday night player as well. So let's get started. Give you a uh, four on Thursday, and then we'll go from there. Joe, uh, Bo Scarborough against the Bears tomorrow. Now, uh, I did a live stream last night with Howard Bender, and we are trying to decide whether or not we're going to pick any of these games for our contests. And the Golden Nugget contest, we have the ability to pick college games too, so we're just flat out passing on tomorrow. The Super Contest, Joe, where you have to pick five teams in the NFL – we were looking at this game and we were looking at Buffalo and Dallas and just completely passing the third game with no clue. I could, I had no idea that David Blau may end up starting for the Lions. I don't know how I missed this this week, but I watched him play a ton at Purdue and I know that people are saying all the right things about him in terms of him being nice, in terms of him being a good guy. But Joe, this was not a good college quarterback at all. I am shocked that he's even in the NFL. I had no idea. And again, it takes nothing away from the person and the individual here. But he basically was in a system where they were moving him in and out with this other kid, Joey Sindelar. I remember this happening at Purdue when Jeff Brom took over. And Brom was like the quarterback whisperer at Western Kentucky. In fact, I believe 
uh, he had Mike White there, who ended up on the Dallas Cowboys. But Joe, uh, like, man, if Blau plays, I, I'm, I'm completely off Detroit. Otherwise, I think I would take them plus the points. Well, uh, I'll tell you what, I'm completely on the Bears defense. And that's that's, you know, yesterday when we talked about, you know, your DFS lineup, so it should look like and who, what teams you should target and why you pay up on on FanDuel side for the Bears, even though they were actually the, one of the cheaper defenses on DK, uh, surprisingly, is because that Driscoll injury. And now the fact that later on the afternoon, we got this news that it looks like Blau's going to potentially be the quarterback i think there's even more reason to like it yeah I, i'm this is this is dangerous for the lions for sure um first nfl start on thanksgiving against the bears Oof. and i and i don't like the bears at all has that ever happened has anyone ever made their nfl debut i'm guessing they i'm guessing they have but we just don't know but it, it, I, I feel like there was like been a bad dallas quarterback at some was point. it drew henson could be hmm that might be one. I'm trying to think. That does not happen very often where you get somebody at this point in the season make their debut as a quarterback on Thanksgiving. Good for him. That's going to be a fun story to tell his grandkids if you can remember it after getting hit by Khalil Mack. Oh, it's going to be rough. Yeah. Uh, but that being said, we got to make Scarborough. <laughs> yeah, both Scarborough against the Bears. Um, I mean, look, he's been kind of matchup proof the last few weeks. He doesn't catch any balls out of the backfield, which is no. the same as Alabama, but he gets 15, 20 carries. He rushes for 90 yards. Will that be the case this week against the Bears? Um, ugh, I think in standard, you can roll him out there, especially as a flex. I think in PPR, it's a little dangerous. I, re- I really do. I think I'd rather, ha- much rather have guys like Kenyon Drake out there. Um, you know, even some guys that might be on tougher matchups. I know one of these guys, we're going to talk about Carson. I certainly feel, even I feel better about Carson than I do Scarborough, even with Carson's situation in question, which I know we'll get to a little later. But I think it's really dependent on either you're desperate to play him or it's a standard league. I think in a standard, you'll probably get your seven points out of him. Maybe you get lucky, falls in the end zone, you get 13. That would be decent. But uh, I think there's better options now. I'm in real question whether or not they can move the chains at all. And that's going to be that's going to be troubling because it's going to limit his ability to touch the football. And when you limit a running back's ability to touch the football, when you keep going three and out, that's a big problem for scoring fantasy points. So I'm going to say bust. All right. uh, Michael Gallup has come on in recent weeks for the Dallas Cowboys, and they take on the Buffalo Bills this weekend. It's been a tough go for any quarterback or any receiver going against Buffalo, but since there is a game tomorrow on Thanksgiving, and we know everyone is starting Amari Cooper, that's not in question, no matter what happened last week. Uh, Michael Gallup against the Bills at home on Thanksgiving tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to trust him, but I, I still say that I like Randall Cobb more. I think that when you look at this and this Bills secondary, what they do well is they cover on the ends and they have really good um, situational safeties. Now, where you can beat them a little bit is over the middle, and that's where Randall Cobb comes into play a little bit more. So for me, I think Cobb's actually has more upside, but I would still trust Michael Gallup because I am sure they're going to double-team Amari Cooper because that would be the smartest plan of action. So he's probably in for a long day. That's not saying he can't work out at double teams. He absolutely can. And that can't be you know mentioned enough that certainly guys drop the ball sometimes and all of a sudden the guy gets by them. But I think Michael Gallup is a trust, but I don't think he has the upside that Cobb does in this contest. All right, and on the flip side, let's go to Buffalo here. Cole Beasley played for Dallas for many years. He uh, has been a pretty good PPR guy over the last eight weeks and then actually got in the end zone against... Uh, who did Buffalo play last week? That they uh, Denver, and that's Denver. because they were doubling John Brown, which we talked about yesterday. Right, so he's at Dallas this week. Uh, Cole Beasley, trust or bust? Uh, definitely trust, especially in full-point PPR. I think, you know, the book is out on Buffalo a little bit. John Brown's been very good. You shut down John Brown, John Brown and you make other guys beat you, and that's also why I think, you know, if you're throwing darts on the Thanksgiving slate at a tight end not named Jared Cook, then Dawson Knox might enter into that red zone. Uh, but I think he has that huge game, so this is more, more game than anything else, but let's come on. Of course, we all want to stick it to our former employers. That's that's what out Joy, you can't people that got, come on, or, or it doesn't matter. 
What matters more is the Cole Beasley game log and the recent trend of teams doubling up on John Brown, which means Cole Beasley has a lot of single coverage in the slot. So give me Beasley. That's a trust. All right, Matt Ryan tomorrow night uh, against the New Orleans Saints. Played well last time these two teams played. Put up a huge fantasy dud last week. Will you play him tomorrow night? Trust or bust? Yeah, you always play Matt Ryan, especially because you imagine that the Saints are going to be out for blood this time. So you really got to sling the ball around. Now, Julio's banged up with that shoulder. That's concerning. Um, You know, he might keep going down to some other wide receivers on this team. But I think considering they still have very little running game, if anything to speak of, you still put the ball in Matt Ryan's hands. And it's hard to imagine him not going over 270 passing yards in this game with probably two touchdowns at minimum. Yeah, and we'll have uh, some some futures on that, some player props on that coming up in a little bit. Uh, DJ Chark will move over to the weekend. DJ Chark against the Buccaneers coming up on Sunday. Chark has uh, has been the fantasy darling in the first eight weeks of the season, but trusting him the last few weeks, things have kind of gone the other way. Maybe it's because Minshew's not in there. I'm not really sure, but uh, Nick Foles is not focused on Chark nearly to the point that Minshew did, but they play against the Buccaneers defense that is, what, bottom two in the NFL and pass defense, so... Uh, Jacksonville this week, Joe, uh, against Tampa Bay. DJ Chark against that Buccaneers defense at home. Trust or bust? Uh, it's definitely trust for me. It's a fantastic matchup. And Foles did throw a touchdown to him in the uh, Indianapolis game. So I'm not too worried about him at all. Um, I actually think that this is a great opportunity. Look, anybody who plays uh, against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers secondary is obviously in play. And I understand Minshew kind of made him the favorite, the darling, as it were. But he had two touchdowns in that game against Indianapolis. I just went back to look. Eight for 104, two touchdowns. That was Foles' first game back. Last week against Tennessee, different kind of game, different kind of script going on there. There was a lot of heavy run, you know, battle between those two teams. So he had five for 38. But, I mean, eight for 104 and two touchdowns. I don't know why he could even come, you know, close to that in this one. So, and that was with Foles. So it was a huge capital T trust for Again, him. again, Thanksgiving Day, uh, day before I put bad names in there. Screwed up. All right, Carson All right. Wentz at the Dolphins. Carson Wentz playing with... Uh, you know, needing Freddie Mitchell. I don't know what he's going to do. Freddie Mitchell. Freddie Mitchell. There's really nobody left to play wide receiver for Philly. Uh, but where's this Mike is a, Quick? Can we get Mike Quick in there? Yeah, this this is a walkover win. This should be a walkover win. It should like, be. Like, like every team in the NFL virtually this season, except for like the Jets and the Redskins. It's been, I mean, the Dolphins have, have played very competitive football for halves. But after what you saw last week with the Browns, you would think that the Dolphins are back to their tank mode again here, realizing, my gosh, we can't win five games this year. It'll be a huge disaster. They moved so far down. So, yes, the right thing was done last week. They went to Cleveland. They got there. You know what? Handed to them. Wentz is in a gorgeous matchup, Joe, but do you trust him this week? I mean, I guess trust the equivalent of 250 and two touchdowns, I guess, right? That's fair. Do you trust that? Uh, it, it, look, I, I think you do. I think you look at how many fantasy points the Dolphins have given up to opposing quarterbacks this year, and it's impossible not to trust him. You know, I, the problem is that you're you have to, you can't think of it in the conventional trust because it's going to be an enormous Zach Ertz day, and probably the second leading receiver on that team is going to be Dallas Goddard, and if it's not, it could even be Miles Sanders. Like I think that's that's where we're at right now. Well, you know, the, Jeffrey's been a huge disappointment. Everything's been a disappointment, but. That being said, I just don't think the Dolphins have an answer. Now, on the other side of this one, Devontae Parker is going to continue to have good games, so don't sleep on him this week. He's a trust, too. But I think you trust Carson Wentz to figure it out, and it's not going to be conventional. Like I said, you might get two tight ends catching the majority of the passes, but I think you have to trust him in this game. Do you trust him over Jimmy Garoppolo against the Ravens? I got to play I think Wentz. that's the kind of decision I, gotta, I, you play gotta, Wentz. I play Wentz. This is, I mean, look, Xavier Howard... Rashad Jones, like they just they have no one at the defensive backfield. This should be a walkover. But th- those are the decisions you're making. You know, the, the guys. Kind no, of that's a fair point. Yeah, it's, it's, it's back it's in. Brady, yes, it's back it's in. Wentz, it's Garoppolo. 
you know, Arnold, the guy. Right. Arnold, yeah. All right, uh, Darius Slayton against the Packers. Uh, Giants did not show much against Green Bay last week. You mentioned the issues to Golden Tate. That's a big factor, I think, in this one. Is Shepard playing again this year? I guess not, right? Well, yeah, no, he's, he played last week. Okay, he so did play. He's, right. He played, but again, he's not... Yeah, the problem with Shepard is you can't trust him because I feel like that one hit and then he's out again. You just It's very tenuous. I think you need to kind of just find other solutions to that problem. Juju Smith-Schuster against the Cleveland Browns. Uh, I have to make this decision this week, Joe. Trust or bust? Uh, I'm going to say bust. I'm, I'm, I'm out. I'll tell you what. If Darius Slayton outscores Juju, it would not surprise me because Darius Slayton is going to get used in this offense. The Giants are going to be playing from behind. The Packers are going to bounce back. They're going to score a ton of points. And Daniel Jones is going to have to throw the football. And look, when he's throwing the football deep, he's throwing it to Darius Slayton. Go look. And Darius Slayton's catching touchdowns. So I just feel like, and I don't think people say Hodges is better than Rudolph, but I think that just tells you where nah, Rudolph's at. So yeah. some people will tell All you right, that. Set, set my lineup for me since we're here. All right. Uh, Lamar Jackson is in. Yep. Le'Veon Bell is in. 100% in, yes. Godwin is in. Yes. Diggs is in. Yes. Andrews is in. Yes. I'll figure out a kicker. Yeah, who cares? Okay, so here, here you go. Miles Sanders, mm-hmm. Terry McLaurin, Juju Smith-Schuster, Sammy Watkins. Ingram mm. they have listed here as playing. Is he playing? Um, Which Ingram are we talking about? Evan. Uh, oh, is he? I did not I see that. I'm not, I'm not playing him anyway. What am I talking about? Okay. No, we're not uh, playing him because you already pick, have your tight end. Anyway. Okay, so I, I have to have a, a second running back, actually. So Sanders is going to have to play. For no, I was going to say, you have to play Sanders from what okay. you just told me. So it's, so it's Juju. It's McLaurin. That's the question. Or Watkins. And Sammy Watkins. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you what. I am not one. I am not a big supporter of Sammy Watkins. However, in this particular matchup. If Hill is out. out. What's that? Only if Hill is out, right? I don't even know if with Hill is out. I'm, the point I'm making is the running game has gotten to an all-time low here, and they're all hurt too, and it's just it's just a complete and utter disaster. I feel like they are just going to aerial assault the hell out of the Raiders. I would take my shot with Watson Watkins, excuse me, and the total in that game because I have serious concerns that the Steelers were even score more than one offensive touchdown in that game against the Browns. Yeah, I, just, I don't have Juju in. I have McLaurin in right now, so that's. I don't uh, have a problem with McLaurin. They're going to be playing from behind too, and McLaurin's been okay. I think McLaurin is safer. If you want the boom, you go with Watkins. If you want the higher floor, I would actually put McLaurin in. I think you can get five for 65 out of McLaurin. And I think that you can't necessarily bank on that with Watkins. McLaurin actually is the floor, believe it or not, even with Haskins, even though it's on the road. And you know he has the upside to always, you know, turn on more for a touchdown. So I would, I would, if you want to go safe, go McLaurin. But you have a good floor because you have Lamar and Le'Veon Bell and... You know, yeah, I'm you after playing against a really bad team. That's kind of why I want to play. Then play McLaurin and, and don't overthink it yeah. because McLaurin's still useful. All right, let's hit waiver wire Wednesday. We'll do it next. Don't go away. DailyRoto.com. Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Uh-oh. Guess what day it is. Guess what day it is. Huh? Anybody? 
It's hump day. Waiver Wire Wednesday. And welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. It's time for Waiver Wire Wednesday. And what a huge Waiver Wire Wednesday it's going to be. Not because of the players that are out there, but you have to make these decisions today on players that you're going to start tomorrow. A lot of you have waiver uh, systems that ran overnight, and you're looking at today, and you're looking at your roster. For me, again, waking up with A.J. Green again. Uh, I guess so. We'll see. Uh, but, yeah, a lot of you have to make those decisions tomorrow, too, because I, in my my home league, we run the waivers tonight, and then you make your decision tomorrow, which I think is the way to go all season long. Maybe you move it up in Thanksgiving week, but for the most part, I don't like doing anything until I see those practice reports on Wednesday. I don't think it's it's fair when, when you don't know. Uh, but in terms of the players that will be added this week that have percentage ownership of 50% or less, because if it's above that, I don't really want to waste time here. You guys know that by now. If you're listening to this show, you guys are experts enough to know. But I suppose the number one pickup in fantasy, it pains me to say it, it's got to be Rashad Penny after the game that he had last week. And even just, Joe, for simple speculation, because he plays Monday night, I just don't think you can start Rashad Penny, even though you pick him up. I think this is the week where you see what happens. But I think, uh, look, I'm not going to be foolish here. Even as a Carson owner, I think you got to pick him up and you got to see what happens on Monday night. But I would not start him against Minnesota. It's not a great matchup. That's the problem. But and I haven't said this almost all year. I think it's at one other time. Maybe at this point, I would pretty much empty the fab tank for him because if indeed he does take over that role, for the playoffs, I mean, how, how do you not want him? How do you not want to make sure someone else doesn't have him in a playoff team scenario? So it's very difficult. Uh, it's very risky. There are so many issues with this. The Vikings matchup, not a good one for them. Um, but I think you basically empty the tank for Rashad Penny, which is sad. I don't like saying that. I can almost see those words in one of those cartoon bubbles outside my mouth as I'm saying it, which is very frustrating to me. I don't think you have a choice right now. I don't trust Pete Carroll. And at any given moment, his whims will change. But I feel like Rashad Penny not only should be the number one, but pretty much at this point, make sure he doesn't end up somewhere else. They could hurt you later on. You almost have to make a block bid that's very aggressive in order to solidify either Penny, you know, basically on your team (laughs) or somebody else having to pay through the nose to get him. And I think that's what it is. And, I'll tell you what, do you feel better about Chris Carson or Rashad Penny in this game? Carson. Mm-hmm. Still yeah, Carson. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to still start Carson, yeah. Uh, I'm worried, of course. I mean, I'm not going to be silly here and be a homer and say because I have the guy, I'm not worried. Of course I'm worried. But I think, Carol, the one thing that he has shown through the years is a lot of loyalty. So I do think that Penny will get an opportunity, but I think this game is actually more important for Penny than it is for Carson. Because if Penny throws up this week uh, a seven-carry, 10-yard deal, I think he's done. I think that's it. They'll go right back to Carson, and that's the end of it. So I actually think that there's more pressure on him than there is on Carson uh, because Carson, they know what they have there. I just don't think that they know what they have. No one knows what they have in Rashad Penny because he hasn't shown it consistently. Anytime Rashad Penny's looked okay, either the next week it's been a dud or he's been hurt, and that's pretty much been it for him. Um, And so I kind of disagree because I would unload for Benny Snell. I think Benny Snell... If he has a good game this week, like the game that he had last week, I think he's going to start. I think they're going to move forward, and this guy is going to start. There's no, I mean, he's looked better than Connor. He really has. 
Uh, Samuels, they've basically put in as the wide receiving back. That's it. He didn't get any carries last week. The other guy, White, I had never heard of going into the game, honestly. Uh, I would be, and, and I'm looking at leagues. I can't find Snell available in any league for whatever reason. I don't know. He's just not available. And uh, I cut him earlier in the year. I just, I didn't have the room for him. So I'm in on Snell. This is, I've talked about him for a number of years, a number of weeks. I do not think that he's a fantasy stud this year, but I think next year in a dynasty league, he's going to give you a lot. I really like this kid. I agree with you in the talent. I agree with you, the job. I agree with all the things you said. My problem is the offense. My problem is, you know, this is an offense that's one of the worst in the league. And Penny could even be in a timeshare and still outscore him fantasy. That's possible. I agree with that. That's, that's my that's my concern. And that's and that's the only reason that I'm not right there with you because I agree. I think he is going to get this job, and I don't think you're going to see much, Connor. I think it's all kind of done there. And next year, who knows how it's all going to work out. But to me, when I'm looking at this, I say, well, what am I expecting point-wise out of the Pittsburgh Steelers every week? Maybe 13 to 17 points. I don't see a lot of 20-somethings getting popped up there for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And if they do, it's because they scored on defense. And on the other side of that, I'm looking at Russell Wilson. I'm looking at the Seahawks fighting for playoff spots. And I'm looking at a lot of 28s and 31s and a lot of t- games where they're going to be in there fighting because they need to continue to keep pace with the 49ers because the 49ers lose this week. That kind of opens up the door a little bit. So this is this is really a matter of which offense do you believe in more so than which player? Because you're right. Danny Snell is the better player investment, especially long term. But Rashad Penny right now is probably the better fantasy back. And I think that's the difference. Uh, Raheem At least Most- potentially. Raheem, <laughs> Raheem Mostert's back on the map again because Coleman has not looked good for San Francisco and Mostert's looked a little bit better. I, I think he has to be added again, but started, no. And then the final running back I want to touch on here, Jay Ajayi. It looks like Jay Ajayi is the backup again to Miles Sanders. He didn't look great in his debut for Philadelphia last week, but again, they were so up against it playing behind. But any interest in these two players? I couldn't find any other running backs. This was it. Mostert, I would add, would not play him against the Ravens if it could avoid it. Jay Ajayi, I would actually consider streaming. I like Jay Ajayi more than Bo Scarborough this week, and I like it because you got a shot where you should be able to handle Miami. Miami is the worst team in the league against the run. You should be able to run down their throat. And Miles Sanders isn't that kind of a running back, but Jay Ajayi is. So at the very least, I think they're going to give him opportunity to touch the football and be useful. So again, not a big fan of narrative games, but there's the Jay Ajayi narrative too with with Miami. If you want to give him that shot to go back there and you know kind of stick it to them a little bit. Jarvis Landry just did it last week. Why can't Jay Ajayi do it in this matchup, especially when they don't have a lot of receivers and you know, there's not a lot of other things to work with. Why not Jay Ajayi is a streaming flex this week? I again, I think he's better than Scarborough. Wide Certainly rece- a better matchup too. Sorry, wide receivers Russell Gage, Robbie Anderson were the two that I saw that were mm-hmm. you know less than fifty percent owned. Gage now has been a nice PPR the last couple yep. of weeks, even scored. And Donald, I think, recognizes that Robbie Anderson is his best deep threat, but he's a very big boomer bust type guy. Reminds me a little bit of Fuller on Houston, where you could get a zero or you could get a 15 with Robbie Anderson. Yeah, I think both of these guys are in play. Russell Gage, especially, um, especially with the concern about the shoulder of Julio Jones. So Calvin Ridley gets a little bit of a, you know, a, a tougher assignment there if Jones is out. If Jones is out and Lattimore is on Ridley, forget it. Like, you don't want to touch that. 
But it seems as though Jones is going to play. That's good because at least Lattimore will be on him, which frees up Ridley and it frees up Gage. So Gage is a guy you can plug and play. Robbie Anderson, I think, you know, it's been very frustrating because we've seen Robbie Anderson actually have a pretty good rapport with Sam Darnold. The problem is the Jets have not looked to throw the ball downfield all season until recently. So maybe just maybe Sam Darnold isn't seeing ghosts anymore and he's looking down the field and he can actually see Robbie Anderson. And it's a great matchup against the Bengals. That secondary is trash. They can't cover anybody on the corners. So to me, I actually think this is a week where Robbie Anderson outscores Jameson Crowder, even in a PPR. I think this is just a huge opportunity for him. Le'Veon Bell is going to have a great day. And I think Robbie Anderson, also in DFS, I think he's 4,800 on DK. That's a huge discount for a player with a great matchup and touchdown upside. So I would look at him as a wide receiver three or a flex on DraftKings this week. All right, and at tight end, uh, Delaney Walker is coming back for the Titans. And Caden Smith, if Engram is out, seems to be a possible option for Daniel Jones at tight end. Any interest in picking up and starting these two guys? And I can't believe I'm say this. I think I'd rather throw Caden Smith out there um, just because Daniel Jones does, you know, like to, you know, check down a little bit like most young quarterbacks do. And I think Caden Smith will be right there when he does. Um, Delaney Walker, I don't know. I feel like it's just kind of over and done. Like I just I can't do it anymore. He's had a really good career. You know, he's a really good player. I just I can't get there anymore. I'm sorry. I love you, Delaney. I'm so sorry. I don't want to do this to you. You've been so good to me for so many years. But even though, you know, tight end is bad at this point, I don't know if it's bad enough that I can't find 12 other guys to start over Delaney Walker. I mean, I guess we can go down the rankings if you want to play that game. Do you want to see if you can find a spot to play? Uh, I mean, not really. I mean, it's tight end. (laughs) Honestly. (laughs) But I mean, that's, you know, that's where we're at, you know. Did I miss anyone for uh, for pickups this week? I don't think so. I mean, this is kind of it here. This is uh, and this is, I think, why you got you stay aggressive, not just so you get guys, but also for other teams not to get them. Um, I'm trying to look at the tight end list too, just because I'm curious if there is any other tight ends because we know there's lots of bubble situations. Kyle Rudolph, was, Mike Gusecki. Well, Rudolph, I would go back in with uh, on Fantasy Pros this week. They have them ranked. Uh, this is the standard. So let me go to the PPR. Obviously, Kelsey and Ertz at the top. No, no surprise there. Hunter Henry, Kittle, Andrews, Darren Waller. Right. I actually think Darren Waller, we can look for a bounce back for him this week, Craig, because with Renfro out, yeah, you saw when Renfro came in and started to emerge, those targets went right from Waller. I think the opposite happens in this game, too, especially against the Chiefs linebacking core. Not very good. So Waller at five, Andrews at six. Cook at seven, who has been double digits four straight weeks, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, Greg Olson at eight. Ryan Griffin at nine. Dallas Goddard at 10. Jack Doyle without Eric Ebron's at 11. Jacob Hollister at 12. And Gerald Everett, who, who I know was on trust or bus. We didn't get to him. How do you feel about him? Because the matchup against Arizona on paper sounds awesome because Arizona is the worst definitely team in not. football against the tight end. <laughs> I can't get there. No, right. This is one of those scenarios where you look at data and data says, oh, Gerald Everett is a must start this week. And I don't you could take that data and stick it where the sun don't shine as far as I'm concerned, because the Rams are terrible. Yeah, they just that's not an overreaction anymore. I don't think with them there's there's enough data. Would you start enough games? Would you start Kyle Rudolph over Gerald Everett? I would. Yes. Would you start Noah Fant or over Gerald Everett? I would. Mm -hmm. Would you start Mike Gusecki over Gerald Everett? I'm on the border there. That one I would take a shot. That one I would. One more. I'll do one more for you. What about Jason Witten? Thanksgiving Day. Old Man Witten. No, I would start. I would start. Still start. 
Yeah, yeah. That's that's where we're at right now. I, that Rams team. I don't know about you, Craig. Yeah, going forward, yeah, I don't I'm know how them. you bet yeah. them. Yeah, or, I agree. Or, I'm off. I'm yeah. off them. Yeah, no, I, you have to be. Uh, like the Bears, you know, there are some teams that look at the NFL again is a very week to week league, but the Rams have shown me enough through 12 games to I, I just don't think that there's a solution coming anytime soon. Uh, the solution to your fantasy football and betting week is coming up next. We have the best of the first hour, uh, a preview of who could potentially get in the Pro Football Hall of Fame, and then we'll play a special Wednesday edition is the wrong team favorite. Don't go away. season is now upon us, and you can become the eighth person to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament by setting their lineups using the DailyRoto.com DFS lineup optimizer. If you are playing daily fantasy sports and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Sign up now for the NFL access with a faster optimizer, smarter DFS projections, and better results. Enter promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. That's promo code ACTION for a 10% discount. DailyRoto.com, where millionaires are made. Fantasy Sports Today with Craig Mish and Joe Pizzapia. Welcome back to Fantasy Sports Today. As we wrap up the first hour of the show, here's what you missed. My son, who is seven, is the youngest of the bunch. So uh, right around like nine o'clock, that's pretty much it. Like, I mean, he can stay up for sure. Like he can he could stay up till 10 if he had to. But we like to wrap it up at that point, you know, because he could, you know, it starts to get tough after after that point. So I will bail early and that will give me the full watching view, at least of the second half of the um, the two games that are on. The well, Saints my folks are coming over and I. I told them we would they're going to stay for a couple of days and we have the big giant 75 inch TV downstairs. So I told them we'd watch uh, the Irishman. So we're going to probably have to we're going to probably start that. And, you know, my, the thing is, I have two daughters. The nine year old will stay up till 1130 at night. The nine year old, you can't get her to sleep. She's a she's a night owl. The seven year old, she'll fall asleep standing up, sitting down. Doesn't matter whenever she's decides that she's tired. She fell asleep. It's a true story. She fell asleep in Madison Square Garden once. I couldn't believe it. I was like, it's the wow. loudest thing. We were in there and she just fell asleep. And then she woke up. She took like a little 15 minute cat nap and she woke up and she was good for the rest of the show. And I was just like, I can't only you could fall asleep in Madison Square Garden. Kids unbelievable. Yeah. Well, I mean, during Knicks games, it's pretty easy, Joe. Well, that's true. <laughs> I was actually wrestling. But yeah, <laughs> it was like 1030 and she was a little under the weather. But there she was. Boom. Out. Then she woke up. She's like, OK, I'm good for the rest of the show. And she was ready to go. Well, there you go. And we'll be right back with more fantasy sports today. Hour number two, if you're listening live. Or if you're listening on demand, this is FNTSY Radio, Craig Mish, Fantasy Sports Today.